0: Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. For all the ways that you and I spend our time, at the end of the day, the moments that carry the most lasting value are that way because God is at the center of them. It's all about time well spent, and that happens to be the title of today's message which is based on the story of Mary and Martha from Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, and begins with a little snippet of a song you might just recognize. 525,600 minutes, 525,000 moments so dear. Five hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes, how do you measure, measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee, inches, in miles, in laughter or in strife, five hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes, how do you measure, A year in the life. Speaking of great songs that get into your head, you'll be singing that all day. I'm convinced. Now, if you don't recognize the words, let me just tell you that these are the opening lyrics from a wonderful song from the Broadway musical Rent. It is called Seasons of Love, which itself is a story of a year in the life of a group of young adults living Squatting really, in an inner-city tenement. Now, that, that uh, musical has been around 25 or 30 years. It's been played again and again. But that song has taken on a life of its own. Uh, you hear it almost every spring at a high school graduation ceremony. It seems to pop up on television newscasts every year just around December 31st when we're all busy trying to measure a year, because yes, in case you didn't get it, there are 525,600 minutes in any given year. And in case you are wondering, and because I'm fascinated by stuff like this, this all breaks down this way. To roughly 43,800 minutes a month, depending on what month it is, exactly 10,080 minutes a week and a whopping 1,440 minutes a day. And here's the thing. Here's the thing we got to remember. No matter how we try to break it down, no matter how we try to measure them or add them up at the end of that day, the month or the year, that's all the minutes we get. Never any less Never any more than that. So, the question becomes then how are we going to make use of that time? What choices are you and I making every day with those 1,440 minutes? Well, there was actually a study done a few years back by the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. Actually, to tell you the truth, because I looked it up yesterday, this study gets done over and over again over the course of several years. But uh, the one that I looked at was a few years old. Interestingly enough, I'll tell you up front, even the study from this past year kind of tracks very nicely with this one. So things haven't really changed all that much. For instance, It was discovered in the survey that on average, we spend eight and a half hours a day sleeping. I wish I could say that, but anyway. That's not all that surprising. But the fact that we spend only 3.8 hours engaged in working or work-related activities kind of is surprising. The study also revealed that only 1.8 hours per day is spent in cooking, cleaning, and taking care of the house. And that, by the way, also includes yard work. And, and, and hey, I use just that much time in moving, mowing the lawn. In addition, it says that caring for household members, which includes children, only takes up a couple of hours a day. I would dispute that. Maybe we're talking teenagers. I don't know. While five hours or more a day are involved in sports or leisure. And about half of that, by the way, is spent in front of the TV. And only 0.2 hours every day is spent on the phone. Actually, based on what I see everywhere, every day, I am guessing they're not including there, the use of smartphones and other so-called devices in that estimate, and this is to say nothing of the excessive amount of time that is spent on phone apps and all manner of social media. I've got to dig deeper into the latest survey, there's got to be a figure on that. But perhaps most intri- of all, interesting of all, and the reason I'm sharing it with you today, is that in this particular survey, Religious and spiritual activities accounted for only 0.15 hours a day, which amounts to less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes. (laughs) Didn't need to do that for emphasis, but it worked. (laughs) Now, let's be fair about this. This is averages, first of all. And that's not really considering and putting the day of Sunday into the mix, nor does it appear to include people who are deeply committed to their faith and involved in their churches. But I think you get the point of all of this, that oftentimes the things we consider to be the most important things in life will end up getting short shrift in the time that we give to them. The bottom line, as I said before, is each and every one of us are given a finite amount of time. And time is always ticking away. Most often, without our even realizing the extent of it. So, the bigger question, most especially for us as people of faith, ends up being how we are to be truly good stewards of the time we've been given. How do we assure that our time is well spent? Well, this morning I would like to suggest to you that answering that question, figuring out how our time is well spent, starts with a biblical understanding of what time is, which actually, when you look in Scripture, is a twofold understanding. In the Greek language of the New Testament, for instance, there are two words used for time. The first is chronos, which is measured time, and that's where we get our word chronological. It's the ticking of the clock, friends. It's the flipping of pages on the calendar. It's the regularity of passing years. In other words, to quote a song from the 1970s, time keeps on ticking, ticking into the future. That's chronos. Chronos. But the other understanding of time that scripture shows us is kairos, kairos. And that, kairos, is the time that God marks off to fill. In other words, it's not so much that God creates time, but that God does something with that time. A prime example of kairos in scripture is when we're told that in the fullness of time, God sent Jesus Christ into the world. God wasn't on a time clock. God wasn't facing a a deadline for Jesus to be born in the manger of Bethlehem. There wasn't, in, in at least that sense, a due date that God was looking at. God did this. God brought Jesus into the world because from the very beginning, God always intended to do this. God created time, you see, but God is not confined by it. And to a lesser extent, it's the same for us, right? Kronos and Kairos are always intermingling in our lives. The mixture of that that we have to deal with simply because the clock is ticking and those other incredible, often wondrous, but sometimes perplexing moments when you don't have time, but you've got to deal with it anyway. And much for your betterment oftentimes. As John Lennon was quoted as saying, life is what happens to you when you're making other plans. Now, I love to tell brides and grooms that I counsel before weddings the story of of two dear friends of mine from childhood, Daryl and Ann. And when they were first married, they had what has become known in our little local folklore as the five-year plan. Which the plan was that in their first five years together, they were gonna get a house, they were gonna fill it with furniture, they were gonna buy and pay for their two vehicles, they were gonna get themselves all set up financially, and then, and only then, would they start having a family. Which was fine, responsible, commendable even. Except that about three years later, just about this time of year, I get a call one night from my friend Daryl, who gave me the news that Ann was expecting a baby. And I, being the good and loyal friend that I was, of course answered by saying, but you're only three years into the five-year plan. (laughs) And he said, I know. It scares me to death. He says, in fact, I just drove off the road you know what, it turned out that for them it was the perfect time to start a family. Not the time they planned for, not the time that they were carefully calculating, but the time that God had marked off for them for that purpose, kairos. That time that God sets aside for us to give life its real meaning. Our text for this morning that Kay shared with us is that wonderful story from Luke's Gospel in which Jesus is welcomed into the home of a woman named Martha and her sister Mary. Now, what's great about this story is immediately you find out that these two sisters' personality types are in stark <laughs> contrast with one another. Martha, on the one hand, is definitely a Kronos type of person. And might I add a little bit A little more than, more than a little bit. Let's put it that way. More than a little bit, type A in Enneagram 1 as well. She, we are told, is distracted by her many tasks. Fussing over a house full of guests, cooking dinner, making sure everything is perfect for the guest in their home who is Jesus. Mary, on the other hand, recognizes what's happening around them that evening. And she can see just who it is that's at their table. Mary is a Kairos person who inherently understood that in Jesus, God was in the house and was filling that moment with meaning. And now she's going to take every minute she can to sit at the Lord's feet and listen to what he has to say. Martha, of course, can't accept that. In fact, Martha expresses some annoyance at the fact that her sister was leaving all the work that needed to be done for her to do. Understand, you know, we all kind of make fun of Martha a little bit in this story, but she wasn't out of line for saying that. Let's be clear. She was simply acting in a typical way, doing what needed to be done with the limited time that she was given. As far as Martha was concerned, it was a good thing that she was taking care of things, that she was being a good hostess, that everything was getting done the way it needed to be done. Mary, you see, was doing something different. The one thing that was more lasting and important. And as it turns out, Jesus commends her for this, and he says, Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. You see, what this gospel story reminds us of is that there are many ways that we can spend our time. And that for all the ways we can choose to do that, considering all the many demands that are made of our time and all the choices that we have to make regarding those demands, at the end of the day, literally, when those 1,440 minutes have been spent and they're gone, The moments that carry the most lasting value are that way because God is at the center of them. Likewise, what makes our lives more than merely four score and ten, but something of real meaning, is that it involves reverence and respect for God. And I might add a heart for serving God in amidst all the other moments that... We are given throughout the course of a day. To put it another way, friends, we are each and all called to be stewards of time. And what that means is that we're to be discerning what it is that God is up to in our lives and in our world, and then make our choices accordingly. Ultimately, says Jesus. The better part is to be like Mary, choosing to focus on what God is doing so that God will fill up that time with meaning. Now, does that mean we should never again set our alarm clocks, that we should lose our appointment books, that we ignore the deadlines that are set in our places of work or by our creditors? Does this mean that we're supposed to decide to live our lives from day to day without any kind of routine, scheduling, or accountability? Tempting, though that might be at times. Certainly not. Because there's always going to be a place for chronos type of living. Because like it or not, the clock is always ticking. There will always be stuff that you've got to do. And stuff that you gotta do on time. But maybe what all this does mean is that we should <clears throat> rethink the choices that we made about this gift of time and then seek to choose wisely what will make that time truly well spent. It's okay. To stop once in a while and take stock of your usage of time. You know, I've been telling people the best part of our vacation last week was asleep. I really we I slept beautifully. We got up fairly early in the morning, and I and I have to say to that, there was uh, one of the other great parts of this vacation were those first few minutes of that day and sitting out on the porch and watching the sun and hearing the lake and hearing the loons and all of that and it was really nice to stop even for a few moments and I've been thinking a lot about it and, and I'd like to challenge you every day this week to do kind of the same thing to take five minutes off to just stop for five minutes. Because that's all you need, five minutes. Understanding, of course, that you need to spend those five minutes alone and in silence. And folks, that means no TV, no radio, no wordle, no crossword puzzles, no tune blasts, cell phones off, and not just on vibrate, with nothing else to distract you. Five minutes, that's all we're asking. Five minutes to experience what it feels like to not spend that time on anything else that's clamoring at you. And as you're sitting there, ask yourself, what do I think about this? What am I hearing? What am I seeing that maybe I didn't see before? And if I could spend time today doing something somewhere that would give this particular day fullness for me, If I could involve myself in something that would help me to know the presence and power of God in and through my life here and now, what would it be? I know that's a lot to ask for five minutes. It's a good place to start. Would it be spending time with your kids or your grandchildren? Would it be taking a walk out in the stillness of a summer morning? Would it be time spent in reading your Bible? Time spent in prayer? Could it be answering that persistent little voice in your heart that's been telling you for a long time now that there's a better part to your life? And if you'd only pay attention to that, you could discover the better part is something real and purposeful and even life changing. Just try it, friends. Put down the phone and try it. Because there's never been a better time than right now to make this a spiritual discipline in your life. This is how time intersects with faith, friends. And how it not only becomes a blessing to you, but also to others. The way you spend your time, friends, can be a blessing, not only in your own life, but that of your family and and your friends, your neighbors and co-workers, even perfect strangers. And, might I add, it's a blessing to those inside and outside of the church. There is a reason, after all, that that time is one of the so-called three T's of stewardship, right there with talent and treasure. 525,600 minutes. How do you measure a year in the life? More immediately, how do you measure a day, friends? How do you measure an hour? To quote that song from Rent again, the chorus of it, in fact, how about love? In this instance, in the love of God permeating your time. I have to say that would most certainly be time well spent, and it'd be the better part. May God bless you this week in your spending of time, and may our thanks for all the time we're given be unto God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, Time Well Spent. It was recorded during our July the 17th service of worship at East Congregational Church in Concord, New Hampshire, where by the way, we gather for worship every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road, just off exit 16 of I-93. Now, if you happen to be visiting New Hampshire this summer and maybe looking for a place to worship on a Sunday morning, we would love it if you would join us. We are a small, mighty, and very welcoming congregation, and I think you'll be glad you came, and I know I'll be glad to be able to greet you. And with that, we come to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.